Welcome to the Denver Deep Dive Podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie Cummings and Lorenzo Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us today. Our focus is on bringing awareness to the expert knowledge, passion, and personalities that have been and continue to be part of Denver's vibrant growth. On this podcast, we'll be exploring commercial real estate, cryptocurrency, cannabis, food and beverage, and health and wellness, along with the experts operating enthusiastically in each space. Every episode will showcase the individuals impacting these arenas what they see as industry participants, and what new insights you can take away for yourself and your current ventures. We know we aren't the only shamelessly curious people out there, so if you love learning for its own sake, you're in the right place. Follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. Welcome to episode two. Today's guest is Sean Covey. Sean has found that many businesses are sitting on large, uncast checks and often don't know it. So, Sean and his team use specialty tax incentives, entity structures, and cost remediation tools to put significant dollars back into the pockets of business owners, thereby increasing profitability without any increase in sales and revenue. Sean helps owners and executives ask the right questions because he knows that we don't know what we don't know until we find out. Now, I, I actually have a, a strong personal interest in a lot of what Sean does because I, I had a brief stint with a New York commercial real estate tax advisory firm. And one of the things that I think will be fun to learn from Sean today is just how exciting and beneficial tax law can be when you know what to do with it. Um, so, Sean, how would you summarize kind of what you do, why you do it, and kind of what led to this point? Sure. I think the first thing to understand is that most people don't know they need my services. Mm -hmm. So trying to approach this from a technical explanation standpoint usually falls on deaf ears. <laughs> so letting people know that they're probably sitting on a large uncashed check and right. they don't know what questions to ask is the first step. That makes people go, what do you mean? Now their ears are open. And so I'll help them identify which questions to ask. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I'll do is identify, are they a decision maker? Am I talking to an executive or an owner, and what do they know about the different areas where they could receive benefits? So uh, some of those areas would include if they own commercial real estate, they may not be depreciating the real estate at an accelerated rate. If they do that, that puts more money in their pocket now, which allows them to either reduce debt or increase investments so they can compound it faster. Mm -hmm. uh, we parlay that into property tax savings. And uh, instead of just negotiating tax savings, we actually have a team of attorneys that will file in a, a lawsuit in court to mm -hmm. uh, get the taxing authorities to uh, recognize the need to, uh, to change the assessed value. Uh, beyond uh, commercial real estate, we work in a lot of other industries. So we work with engineering firms, uh, software firms. Uh, they often qualify for tax credits based on uh, the quality assurance and testing and things they do before bringing a product to market. Uh, we work with companies that pay uh, workers' comp insurance, and we audit that to allow them to uh, reduce their costs or get refunds on prior overcharges. We do the same thing for uh, merchant vendor uh, card providers. So we'll help the merchant uh, monitor that their vendor isn't charging them too much on a per-transaction basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll work with uh, employers who hire people because there are federal and state incentives for hiring employees, and they often don't, they're often hiring these people, and mm. they don't file the paperwork to get the credit, and it disappears like a pumpkin at midnight. Right. Uh, so those are <laughs> those are some of the things that we do. But starting a conversation with that, someone will say, ah, yeah, I've got some place to be. Yeah, so. it seems like logic would not be the way to start some no. of these conversations. No, interesting. Well, so just out of out of sheer curiosity, because Charlie and I 
obviously have a passion and interest in commercial real estate. Tell us a little bit more about what you mentioned with respect to accelerated depreciation and property taxes, because I would imagine that there's going to be folks out there that either would like to invest in commercial real estate or are, and they're trying to wrap their heads around all the things to be made aware of, because commercial real estate is a very complex and exciting space to play in, and there's a lot of things that you, the person can know. So I'm curious what some of those things are that you mentioned. Certainly. Uh, when you buy commercial real estate, you're allowed to depreciate it. And depreciation is just simply a tax deduction for something becoming obsolete. Right. So if you look at any old building that hasn't been renovated and you walk inside and you realize this is old, and if it's really going to be brought up to standards, you have to spend money and refurbish it. Right. That's the obsolescence of the old stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're allowed a tax deduction for that. There are ways to accelerate those tax deductions. And to do that, you typically need an engineer to come in and identify what are the cost of the floors, the walls, the ceiling, the electrical, the lighting, different mm -hmm. things like that. And uh, so when you buy a building, there, there's no breakdown of what each of those things cost. <laughs> so an engineer will come right. in and identify the cost for each of those. In doing that, that, then they break it into five, seven, or 15-year life expectancies for those items, as opposed to a 39-year life expectancy for a building, maybe 27 and a half for a rental property. So when you accelerate that into five or seven or 15-year, that puts a very big uh, tax break on your current tax return. And that's the money that reduces your current year taxes, allows you then to spend what you would have otherwise paid to the federal and state government back in your business, reducing debt, making new investments. If yes. you're a real estate investor, buying another property. Mm -hmm. uh, and the process is called cost segregation. So we have an engineer that segregates the cost for all of the items that can be classified as business personal property mm -hmm. as opposed to business real, which is the structure itself. Very nice. Yeah, and, and this makes a ton of sense because you're, you're essentially taking, you're depreciating a building instead of over 39 years, you're waiting a long time, I would imagine, in that scenario to get money back from assets that have already become obsolete or are about to, but you're having to wait until the entire building and the entire structure has been fully depreciated. Correct. So you're, you're, it sounds like a person's more or less just getting more of their own money back sooner, and then they can use it to service debts in other buildings, other properties, they can you know, use it as a down payment on a car or another building vacation new equipment uh, for the business exactly yes. there's no restriction on what they can do with uh, the savings mm -hmm. and i think the biggest part of it is your large companies they hire uh, well-known cpa firms uh, yes. pricewaterhousecoopers deloitte etc yeah those firms provide these services as do a number of other larger cpa firms mm -hmm. but many small to mid-sized real estate investors or companies that own and operate out of their own uh, commercial property mm -hmm. they tend to work with a smaller, more local CPA. Now that person can be very, yeah, and that person could be very talented and good at what they do, but if they either haven't been introduced to engineering-based cost segregation or they don't have a team that can do it because they don't have engineers on their payroll, typically the client never gets introduced to it. So a lot of what I do is develop relationships with CPAs who then go, oh, that's great. I want uh, three of my clients to benefit from this. Or if right. I meet the client first, we have to work with the CPA because we don't do the taxes. We just do the back end work for the CPA. And typically that CPA will, if they didn't know about it, go, oh, this is great. I have a couple more people that can use this as well. So it's an ongoing right. word of mouth process.
Yeah, and it sounds like there's a, there's a lot of different subject matter experts involved because there's an element of being able to read and understand and interpret tax law for real estate. There's an element of knowing how to handle accounting. And then there's engineering expertise. And so you almost couldn't expect one person to have all of that expertise together. So it seems like a lot of what you're doing is putting people together in, in a way where all these professionals can talk to make sense of how to save money. Exactly. And uh, I think most people rely on their CPA as often a singular point of mm-hmm. knowledge. And right. many CPAs. Any kind of money advice. Exactly. Exactly. And many CPAs are worthy of that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, it doesn't mean they know everything. So I think right. the, where, where you mentioned at the intro, you don't know what you don't know until you mm-hmm. find out. I, I think anyone who recognizes there's always something they don't know. And as long as they have the capacity to dig in, figure it out, and vet something, they then have the ability to say, yes, I can help you come to a right conclusion on that. Some CPAs will do that, others won't. So that's a a personal thing that someone has to then determine. Is their CPA the person who is capable of going, hmm, if they don't know this, are they willing to learn it? Uh, We're certainly willing to bring it up and and walk other people through the technicals so that the client can then go, yes, this makes sense for me. Very nice. Well, so this is all very detailed, kind of meticulous work. It's not something that I would imagine you're figuring out in a single conversation. Uh, Because of what you've been doing, what are some of the insights that you feel you have that are specific to you or specific to your team? I'd say insights uh, come back from my background. Uh, I am a financial planner by training, uh, about over 20 years in the industry now. And I spent a good portion of that time studying tax rules and tax law. And this dates back to when the the internet was in its infancy, back in the mid-90s. So you didn't have the trove. Yeah, you couldn't find everything by Googling, right? right? So what I did was go to the library. And I spent a lot of time in the library uh, researching tax, and then I took advanced courses. And while I'm not a CPA myself, I have a very in-depth understanding of tax, and it's something I enjoy. So that insight is what allowed me to identify this particular niche as being underserved for the small and mid-sized market for both real estate investors and businesses. Uh, So uh, that's where I uh, have gravitated to in my business is providing more of these services to this underserved, uh, what I'll call niche market. Right. Well, and I was mentioning this while we were talking before we started the episode, but I would imagine that most people hear the word taxes or accounting or they meet a person at a party who says, oh, I work in taxation. And you, you, you wouldn't initially think that that would be an exciting, riveting field, but it sounds like the things that you can do with an in-depth tax knowledge are actually very, very beneficial for a business owner. Yes, uh, that's very fair. And uh, I will uh, second that I don't think taxation <laughs> is an exciting industry. Exciting is not the word I would use. My wife worked in the music business. That can be exciting. Uh, tax right. is not. But uh, the results are certainly exciting. If you put six or seven figures back into someone's bank account, I will tell you anyone would be excited about that. Yes. So really what I tend to focus on are results as opposed to processes and details. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to get into the weeds with anyone who wants to in terms of detail, but uh, for the most part, I try and stick high level, try and get the concept, and uh, then when they introduce me to their CPA, uh, my team and I can talk uh, detail as necessary to achieve those types of results, yeah. Do you think a lot of CPAs bring this up? I mean, you said this is something that CPAs are not aware of, if their clients aren't investing in commercial real estate, but 
how does this conversation come up? Um, would you, you know, we work with a lot of clients that are investing. So what's the best way to bring up this topic? In my experience, it doesn't come up often from the CPA's side. Now, with that said, I work with a number of CPAs who are aware of it, who do bring it up. And I continue to meet other CPAs who know about it, but they're on the smaller side of the spectrum of people that I meet in the accounting industry. Um, so how would someone bring it up? Well, uh, an individual who's a real estate investor or um, they own commercial property in their business that they use for their business they would first want to identify, uh, are there some benefits that they can get from this and then have a conversation with uh, the individual company or team that can calculate and quantify those benefits. Once they have that, they can then go to their CPA and involve them and say, hey, this is something that uh, I'd like your input and opinion on. Would it be appropriate for me to put you in touch with this team? You guys can talk about it behind the scenes. And then when you have a, uh, a result that is uh, worthy of my conversation, bring me back in. I say that because like most of us, none of us like to be surprised. And the last thing you want to do is throw something in front of your CPA and say, hey, I want to do this. If your CPA has never heard of it, I can tell you 99% of the time the answer is going to be no, don't you do it. Even if they don't. Exactly. So give them the opportunity to take time, mm -hmm. review it, talk to professionals, ask very important questions that they will come up with and uh, have them identify the answers. Then they can give you uh, an effective answer. Don't, don't ever. And same thing is true for a medical professional, right? If I go to a doctor with an interesting uh, ailment and uh, the doctor looks a little bit surprised, I'd rather the doctor look it up in a book and ask colleagues than give me a prescription right there on the spot that might or not right. might not cure what Take I'm looking for. Find the right answer. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like that a lot. Well, so I'm really curious. I mean, because it seems like you're you're getting a chance to observe a lot of very intricate tax strategies, business operations, real estate operations. What ideas, concepts, or innovations do you see kind of on the horizon within like the business, tax incentive, commercial real estate space that people may not be aware of? There are not a lot of innovations in the tax space. Uh, tax changes happen frequently. Uh, we have uh, the December uh, mm -hmm. 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and those types of rules regularly come out. So they'll change things, but usually they don't spur innovation. Uh, the last time I think there was some really big innovation was to uh, 1997, almost 20 mm -hmm. years ago. Um, they made S-Corps as an allowable investment for employee stock ownership plans, ESOPs. Mm. And that's a really big tool that we use. And most people uh, don't know what it does, but it allows us to essentially have a company that pays over a quarter million dollars in tax each year, whether it be the owners or the corporation itself, mm -hmm. retain those tax dollars and utilize them as a, a corporate finance arm mm. uh, where they can grow the business, acquire competitors, divest partners, all with pre-tax dollars. Uh, it's one of the more complicated things that we do, but that was an innovation that happened. There aren't a lot of innovations that happen on an annual basis or, or much since then. Uh, the uh, 2017 tax law did improve uh, accelerated depreciation, but that's not really an innovation. It's just something we incorporate into yeah, what we do. Right. As far as innovations go, I would say the use of technology to 
take these concepts that have been around for some time and have been commonly used by large business and make them more available and more affordable to smaller businesses. Uh, so I, that's not a tax innovation. That is more of a, a, a global innovation in technology that just allows uh, people to access this and uh, have more uh, use of it, uh, as opposed to having to wait until they become a much larger firm. Right. Well, and, and to your point, you said this in the beginning, you know, before Google existed, you had to go to a library. And if you're someone who, you know, you're running a very large corporation, a very large business, you're going to have, I would imagine, you know, board of directors, advisors, really good strategic partnerships. You have a very large multifaceted accounting firm that can give you this kind of advice. But if you're not operating at that scale, you don't access, you don't have access. We don't know that those kinds of things exist. But now that information is just so freely distributed, uh, smaller, medium business owners and real estate investors are able to, to use the same strategies that the bigger boys have been using for a long time. Correct. And that's one of the things that I say when someone asks you, what do you do? Hmm. Uh, I, and you, that was part of the introduction that you gave at the beginning of this podcast. But uh, I let them know that I help owners and executives learn the right questions to ask. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not asking the right questions, you're not going to get the right or relevant answers. Right. I love that. Yeah, one of the, the one of the guys that Charlie and I are a big fan of, uh, Chris Boss, uh, phenomenal formulator of effective questions. Because you can ask questions just as like asking questions, but if you're trying to tease out, and, and you know the the notion of unknown unknowns or black swans is one of those things that you 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 can't know the effect of something that you don't know exists. But if you tease it out, now you get to show that person that there's an effect out there that's actually very positive that they can now take it. Exactly. And that's a strategy that any good coach employs as well, is bringing out uh, the capabilities of the person or teams that they're involved with. And uh, in business, it's perhaps not a physical element, but a, a verbal. So asking the right questions. Yeah. Right. I love that. Well, so this is this might be a funny sounding question, but given your, your experience, what terrible advice or suggestions have you seen take place with respect to either taxes, commercial real estate, running a business? Uh, any of the things that you cover? Well, there's always terrible advice from any professional who doesn't know. They, they try and work outside of the sphere where they have expertise. Mm. Uh, so rather than giving examples of that, I think the, the way to answer that question is make sure that the person or people or team you're working with are operating within their area of expertise. And if any one person doesn't have that expertise, if they have access to people who do mm. and they collaborate and uh, bounce ideas and uh, uh, parameters around, that's the type of people you want to work with. So uh, if you're working with, let's say, CPA is your first line of defense, mm -hmm. and you bring up an idea to that person, and their first idea is to shut it down as opposed to asking more questions, I might question that and wonder, are you working with someone who's open-minded? Because an open-minded person would say, that's interesting. Uh, I'd like to talk to someone who has more information about that and uh, see if I can agree if that's a fit for you. Uh, if the person is open to collaboration and open to questions and says, yeah, let me look into that, uh, that is going to be an indication of someone who, uh, if, they're, if they're going to be working outside their area of expertise, they're certainly going to make sure they're working with people who have the expertise. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the thing that I would say where you would 
potentially avoid uh, bad information sure. or bad guidance. And it goes back to, again, asking the right questions. And so the, the real answer is, are you working with someone who doesn't ask the right questions or isn't open to figuring out, mm -hmm. is there more that they don't know? Uh, that would be a warning sign to me when someone thinks they know everything uh, in the grand scope. Even a doctor doesn't know everything in the scope right. of the entire medical field. They have a very narrow niche of expertise. So do financial professionals, so do real estate professionals. Uh, so making sure that you're identifying if there are other areas that they have to bring other people in. Yeah, and it, it seems like really placing a high value on either being comfortable saying that you don't know or creating environments where people can say that, hey, I don't know. Because that way, at least you can navigate the next step accordingly versus either shutting something down in the case of the account that you shared or working in a way that's outside your scope enough that you're likely to put someone at risk because of a mistake. Yeah, and that's a personality trait, uh, which is mm. very interesting because uh, when someone isn't prepared uh, to answer the question mm -hmm. uh, and they know it's going to take time to get that answer, maybe their career and lives are very busy, as we all are, right. and they, their answer of no is not that I'm not willing. Well, that's I'm not willing. It's not that they're not <laughs> able. They're not willing to put the time in to say, let me get you that answer. So rather than saying that, they're just going to say no. Um, and uh, they may say it very authoritatively, and that no may seem very convincing, but it doesn't mean it's the right answer. That's the thing to look for. Right. Well, and that's, that's really interesting to hear because I think we live, I mean, just if I zoom out, we live in a world where the consumer has more and more leverage and more and more interest in their own well-being as a result of a transaction. So it seems like we already live in a world that people are more prone to asking questions if their doctor said that's not a good idea or if their account says no, it almost sounds like you're, you're, you're really a proponent for people having intelligent, respectful conversations with the subject matter experts that they work with. Because I think it's phenomenal to defer to someone that knows a lot, but to be able to dance with them and still collaborate back and forth to find a solution that neither one of you guys might be aware of makes a lot of sense. Very well said, yes. Very nice. Well, so being that we're in Denver, you know, how do you see some of the work that you're doing affecting Denver or being affected by Denver Dynamics? Uh, Denver obviously is in a boom period right now and has mm -hmm. been for quite a number of years. Commercial real estate, manufacturing, tech, and quite a number of other industries. So in that boom, there are a lot of startups, smaller companies, new businesses, and because my niche is bringing access uh, to these smaller businesses, there's a lot of people who haven't had the exposure to the tools that can free up cash flow and allow them to grow their businesses faster, whether that be simply a real estate investment business or uh, an actual brick and mortar uh, type company with employees and, and things like that. So I really, I've found that uh, there are quite a number of people uh, that have haven't had the exposure to these things. And what I'm doing is simply attempting to get the exposure out there to the small and mid-size investor or business uh, so that they can ask the right questions and then move forward with what it takes to free up cash flow and then do what's best uh, for their business with that additional uh, savings to compound it. Right. So that, that's that's what's happening in Denver and there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it sounds like it. And it's, it's interesting too because one of the things that you had sent over to us, I, you know, when, when a company thinks of, we got to make more money or we got to save more money, usually there's some sort of, you know, can we 
hire more people? Do we need to sell more? Do we need to change our cost structure? We got to fire somebody. One of the things that was surprising to me was that with good tax knowledge, you can actually leverage an appropriate tax structure to directly or indirectly generate revenue or save money without having to fire someone, hire someone new, change your cost structure. There's a lot of other ways that exist to increase revenue beyond just sales and marketing. Exactly. And that's not the first thought that most people have because they're not aware that it exists, mm -hmm. which goes back to that. It's not a good way to introduce yourself is that, hi, I, I uh, reduce taxes. Well, I already have a CPA, so I don't need you. Well, that's not quite what I do. Uh, you you got to start with the idea that uh, when you're trying to make your business more profitable, what are the things that you look towards? And they'll give you the answers that you yes. just shared and say, uh, those are great things. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, there are other areas on the back end that you can uh, also have an impact on that don't require any change in sales or uh, employment uh, structure for employees, anything like that. Uh, so those are things that I would say would be important to learn how to ask the right questions and then you get them going well, what, what, what questions all right now we can have a conversation right i like that a lot well so how do you see the work that you're doing in this industry sort of fitting into your your broader life goals because again it's a very particular way to work and a very particular way to assist people yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my personal goal is to retire in Italy. My family's Italian. I've spent a lot of time there, and uh, I'd like to spend more time there uh, when I retire. Um, so when I'm helping more people, the more people I help, the closer I can get to that personal goal. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I look at. Uh, but in terms of uh, making a difference, I think what I need to do is one by one, every person that I come across, touch, uh, in terms of making a difference in their life, find out how many ways can I do that? Because it's not just one. Uh, they may have an initial interest in commercial real estate uh, in working with me. Uh, that, that's quite often uh, the, I'll call the low-hanging fruit. Uh, but what I'll do then is ask other questions and get them to ask the right questions and go, oh, I've identified three or four other areas that we can find $50,000 more to put in your pocket, or in some cases, hundreds of thousands. Uh, so it really depends. But that by doing that, uh, I really feel that I sleep well at night, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it makes me feel very good about uh, getting out there and introducing myself to people and uh, helping them learn to answer these questions. So, well, you know, I'm, that's on a day-to-day -day basis, but the longer-term goal is uh, spending more time in Italy particularly. Very nice. Well, and, you know, it's really cool to hear that your, your way of getting there is helping people operate businesses in a way that's much more transparent and clear. Because if I'm operating a business or if I'm about to, you know, if I'm working with Charlie to buy a, an apartment building, that building, and this is something that I just heard Chris Voss in an interview, that building, that investment, that business represents my hopes and dreams for the future. And if you're someone that comes in and helps me pursue that with more clarity, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're facilitating someone getting more of what they want, possibly a lot. And it also benefits you moving towards something that you want. So it's correct, and something they didn't know existed. Right. So few people because they can't unlearn what they learned from you. Correct. Yeah, and then that's that's making a big difference when you can uh, bring something new to someone that has a positive impact on their business or life. Very nice. Well, so if a person is out there, you know, running a business, they own commercial real estate, they're about to, or they just have questions, where could they learn more about you, your team, some of the work that you do? 
Certainly. Um, I work with a number of different professionals. So uh, my business is comprised of uh, different teams of people for different uh, tools or services we may offer. So my LinkedIn profile uh, is probably the best place to find access to me. Uh, my name is spelled Sean, S-E-A-N, Covey, C-O-V-I. So if you uh, look me up on LinkedIn, you'll see uh, some of the work I do. I have some links uh, on my uh, page that allow people to estimate some of the benefits they can mm. receive uh, from this. Uh, so that would allow them to uh, do that and then reach out to me uh, from there. Great. And that way they're able to kind of get your opinion. You can help them strategize on how to approach their CPA, their accounting firm, et cetera. Yeah. Very nice. Well, this is fantastic. You know, I, I, I have enjoyed, uh, we've had a lot of conversations before this, but the, the, the scope of what you guys are able to offer, I think is very comprehensive. Um, and it's, it's stuff that, again, at the outset may not sound interesting, but the results of this knowledge were properly applied. I've seen you some really cool things for people. And I think that's probably the sense that you have as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Certainly glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And we appreciate it, Sean. Thank yeah. you.